0: welcome to this series of bible lessons on the new testament in these 42 lessons we will teach the history of the lord jesus as delivered to us in the four gospels we will start with the days that led up to christ's humble birth in bethlehem we will then look at his blessed ministry his suffering his death and resurrection His humble life on earth concludes with his ascension. And after this, the blessed outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Lastly, we will teach the calling and ministry of the greatest evangelist that ever lived, Paul the Apostle. These last lessons are taught from the Book of Acts and include Paul's missionary journeys. Be sure to use the lesson guide with questions and knowledge exercises presented with these lectures. We hope these lessons are a blessing to you. Thank you.
1: In lesson 36 of our Bible study on the life and the ministry of Christ, we wish to focus on the Christian church persecuted by Herod. Again, we see this in two parts in this lesson. First, the church in Antioch, which we find in Acts 11, verse 19 through 30. And then we see Peter delivered from prison, which we find in Acts 12. So first, the church in Antioch, which is in Acts 11, verse 19 through 30. In our previous lessons, we have seen how that the Christian Church has been scattered throughout the Empire and throughout Judea. Then we see in this lesson that that Christian Church, or many of these Christians, have also gone to Antioch of Syria. And that there a growing Christian Church is established. And at first, the Christians who fled throughout the empire preached only to the Jews. But here in Antioch, we see that these Christians also began to bring the gospel message unto the Grecians, the Gentiles. And we see then that their work was blessed richly and that great numbers believed so that this church grew very much. And when the apostles in Jerusalem heard how that the church in Antioch was growing, then they sent Barnabas, who was a disciple full of the Holy Ghost and of faith, that he would go to that church, that he would lead them and teach them, because so many of these were new Christians who knew so little, and so they needed instruction and guidance. And when Barnabas now comes to Antioch, then he sees that there are so many new Christians being added to the church every day again. Oh, then he is glad and he exhorts them, he instructs them uh, to cleave unto the Lord, to walk in His ways, and uh, to serve Him. But as uh, this church continues to grow, uh, then he also realizes how much work there is to be done, and that he cannot do it alone. And so, what does Barnabas do? He uh, thinks of Saul. And he travels to Tarsus to call Saul to come and help him. And so he brings Saul along to Antioch. And they labor together in teaching and preaching and in leading this Christian church in Antioch. Now we should notice I have said many times this Christian church. But we read here that it is in Antioch that the followers of Christ are called Christians for the first time. And so we use that term uh, to identify the followers of Christ. Oh, there are many who will have mocked with those followers and may have used this name as a name of disdain. But for the Christians, this became a name of honor. Oh, that it may be true for you and for me uh, that when we confess uh, to be Christians, that it is because we are followers of Christ. But we see then uh, that also in Antioch uh, there must be fruits that come forth uh, from the Christians. And at this time, uh, prophets from uh, Jerusalem arrive and tell uh, the people of Antioch of a great drought uh, that has uh, happened in the land, and that uh, there is much need also uh, for the Christians in Jerusalem. And so uh, the Christians of Antioch gather together of uh, their abundance and they send it uh, to Jerusalem Uh, by the hands of Barnabas and Saul. So in this way uh, they are doing what is our Christian duty, to bear one another's burdens and to show love uh, to our neighbor. And so uh, Barnabas and Saul uh, stay in Jerusalem uh, for uh, some time before uh, they return to Antioch. And that brings us to a Part 2 of our lesson, Peter Delivered from Prison, which you may find in Acts 12. <clears throat> After the persecution that was led by Saul, we saw that the Christian church had rest. Oh, rest seldom happens for the Christian church. Because Satan is determined to destroy that church. And Satan will find ways and means to harass that church. To try, if he can, to destroy it. As he tried to wipe out the name of Jesus throughout all ages. And so he fills the heart of Herod the king now. That Herod begins to persecute the Christian church. And Herod does this primarily to please the Jews, to do a favor to the Jews, that he may be in their good account. And we see then uh, that he first uh, captures James, uh, the Apostle, and that he kills him with the sword. This James was uh, the brother of John, uh, the sons of Zebedee. And so we see that James is the first apostle uh, who is uh, killed for the sake and the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Herod saw how this pleased the Jews, uh, then he continued, and then he also captures Peter. But because it is the week of the Passover, which is holy to the Jews, Oh, then Herod puts Peter in prison until the Passover is over. And not only does he put him in prison, he guards him heavily. He actually appoints four groups of four soldiers to watch over Peter. Every six hours, a new group of four soldiers would be set to watch and guard over Peter. But, oh, look at the Christian church in Jerusalem. When they see what has happened to James, and now they hear what has happened to Peter, oh, then they are in distress. Then they are in great need. And then they realize that there is only one who can help them, one who can deliver. And so they gather together, uh, to pray without seizing. Oh, that is something. When it says, pray without ceasing, the one would pray and the next one would pray and they would continue to pray unto God because God alone is able to help in this circumstance. And then we realize uh, that God gives prayer, God answers prayer. But when God answers prayer, it is not because of our prayer, but it is upon the prayer. And so we are encouraged uh, to pray with all our needs and come unto the Lord, as the Christians in Jerusalem did. For look what happens. That night, the night before Peter is to appear before Herod, Peter is laying in his prison cell bound with chains to two soldiers, and he is sleeping. When suddenly an angel comes, and an angel wakes Peter up and tells Peter to follow him, and immediately the chains fall off of Peter's hands without waking up the soldiers. And then the angel leads Peter out of the prison, And we see that when they come past the guards who didn't see or know anything, that the outside gate of the prison opened of itself. And Peter and the angel walked out of prison. Oh, then, when they are on the street, the angel disappears, and there stands Peter. Oh, now he realizes it is not a dream. It is not a vision. It is real. God has sent his angel to deliver Peter out of prison. But where must Peter go? Oh, then Peter begins to think of the places where the Christians gather. And he thinks especially of Mary, the mother of John Mark. And he knows that many Christians gather in her house regularly. And so he chooses uh, to go there. And as he comes uh, to the house of Mary, uh, then he knocks on the door. And the servant, Rhoda, comes to the door and asks, who's there? And when Peter says, it is I, then she recognizes his voice. And she is so surprised that she does not even open the door. But she runs inside and she tells the people, Peter is standing at the door. Oh, at first the people say to her, thou art mad, that is impossible. But she continues that she is certain that it is Peter. Then they say, oh, maybe it's his angel. But Peter continues knocking on that door. And when they finally open the door and they see Peter standing there, oh, they are so astonished. Oh, then, they prayed God to deliver, and now that God has delivered, they can hardly believe it. But then Peter tells them to hold their peace, and he tells them how God sent his angel and how he was led out of the prison and how he came there. And then after that night, Peter left Jerusalem. He realized it was not safe for him, and he went to Caesarea. Oh, you can imagine how amazed those soldiers were the next morning when they woke up. And they still had the chains on their hands, but Peter was gone. They could not understand what happened, but they have very little choice but to go and tell Herod that Peter is gone. Oh, then Herod searches all over for him, and when he could not find Peter anywhere, then he takes those soldiers and he puts them to death. Oh, that is the Roman law and custom that any guard or soldier uh, who would let a prisoner escape would have to give his life for the life of the prisoner. But God is not an idle witness. God is holy and God is just, and He will also punish Judge Herod for his deed, uh, because If we touch the apple of God's eye, God's people, oh, then we are touching God himself, and God will not be mocked. We see that in this instance, because in those days, Herod is dressed in his royal apparel and sitting upon his throne, uh, when there is a multitude of people around him, and he gives a royal speech. And then the people cry out, and they say, It is the voice of a God, and not of a man. And immediately the Lord smote him. Oh, then, he had not given the honor to God, and therefore God now will judge him and teach him who is God, because from that time on, Herod is eaten of the worms. Oh, can you imagine? That is a dreadful death to die. But worse was yet to come for Herod because he would eternally be in that pit of eternal darkness where the fire burns forever. So in this lesson, we focus on two very important elements. First... That persecution is used by God to build his church. Oh, Satan seeks to destroy the church. But when people see the faith of the Christians, when they are being persecuted, and they hear the testimony of these Christians, oh, then new ones are born because they become jealous of the faith of those Christians. They see and they hear that those Christians have something that they miss. And so, the blood of the martyrs is the seed of the church. That has been true throughout all ages. But God also uses persecution to strengthen the faith of his people. Because it is in times of need that... Christians will turn unto the Lord. Otherwise, they will walk in their own strength. But it is in such times of persecution that God grants them faith according to their need. Oh, then we think of the promise that Jesus made to his disciples when he said, Lo, I am with you even to the ends of the earth. All then, Christ is with his church. But then we also saw prayer, the power of prayer. And now we need to understand that prayer is a weapon that God has given the Christians. It is a weapon that they must use daily in all their ways and in all their needs. Because God says that he hears the needy when they cry. God desires to hear the cry. And that is what is missing so often today. There is so little of that true prayer. So little of that sighing and crying unto the Lord. We live in a time of peace. We live and have everything we need for this life. So there is no need for God anymore. But oh that God would plant that true prayer in your heart, in my heart, because there is one thing necessary. We must be born again. May that become our need. May that become our prayer. A crying and a sighing unto the Lord that he would have mercy on us. Thank you.